1: Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc. all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they caused. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. Each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org, and we can make a difference together. You were made to think big, to big, to big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Grow. The world overflow, yeah. life you created for greatness.
2: Than Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message.
1: Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, beginning with the 26th verse. And we're in the middle of some things that have already started happening, but as we read on, I'll, I'll bring you up to speed. Now, in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, this was not the sixth month of the year, but the sixth month from the time that the angel uh, Gabriel, or really the angel of the Lord, it's the angel Gabriel now specifically appearing to marry. Uh, but it was six months since the angel of the Lord uh, appeared to uh, Zacharias and told him that his wife would have a baby and uh, to call the baby's name John, and many of us don't know this, but John the Baptist and Jesus were actually cousins. Luke tells us though that both Elizabeth and, uh, uh, Zacharias were the, this is, this is the term used, well advanced in age. Now this was a very specific, uh, uh, these are very specific Greek words here that let us know that, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were at least 60 years old or, but they were probably much, much older. But here's the deal. What's too late for us is often right on time with God. Now in the sixth month, meaning, um, you know, Elizabeth had already gone through the change. Uh, my, my wife says she doesn't have hot flashes, just short private vacations in tropical like conditions. That's the way she, she puts it. Now, in the sixth month, again, not the sixth month of the year, but the sixth month since the angel announced Uh, Elizabeth's pregnancy. See, this pregnancy was so extraordinary that uh, everything that happened uh, in the chapter was actually timed from that Event and all of us have situations in our lives that we you know we think it's it's too late to repair opportunities you know that we've had in life or that that have passed us by and we think we could never get back. But every single Christmas is a reminder there is nothing too hard for God. When God steps in, miracles still happen. And it says in the sixth month, the angel, angel simply means messenger, the angel Gabriel was sent by God. Now we notice the pattern of scripture here as, as throughout the entire book, God always says it before he does it. That's his modus operandi. That's how God uh, operates. Actually, the Bible says he will do nothing without first telling his prophets. So God says it, then he does it. And that's why it's so important to believe his word because he says it before he does it. If you want to stay in sync with God, listen to what he says, and you will be able to stay in step with what he does. Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. This was a small town, just about nine or 10 miles outside of the bustling cosmopolitan, a very sophisticated city of Sepphoris, which was actually the capital of Galilee at the time. It's actually the new capital. And, you know, in fact, the early church fathers gives us a little uh, more information about Mary and Joseph and the, and the family of Jesus than is actually recorded in the, in the Bible. But what the church fathers say, those that were acquainted with the actual circumstances of Jesus's birth, they said that, uh, not only uh was was did Mary's parents live in Sephoris which was this cosmopolitan region uh Joseph worked there and um he was actually either a stoneworker or a carpenter um you know the the term used uh to describe uh what Joseph did was a very very uh technical term and uh it's he certainly worked with his hands and he was a builder of sorts and and though he lived in the town of Nazareth. He worked in Sephoris, so he would walk every day to the city. And uh, he, he was uh, espoused to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Now, sexual contact during the betrothal period was... Uh, absolutely forbidden um, I mean it, it was a, a major violation of every cultural and spiritual and moral protocol of the day um, because by that time there was always there was already an agreement between the two families uh, and a dowry had already been paid so you know when money's involved it gets really really serious and by this point only a formal divorce uh, could break up the intended marriage and and it, it said that really that That final year of betrothal was a year where the wife spent preparing herself for marriage. And also the man was somewhat prepared. And this is the value of getting some premarital counsel. Uh, the Jews were were very intentional about marriage. It was very important to them. Uh, so they made sure that those that entered into uh, marriage were well prepared. So if you're planning to get married, do some preparation if you want to be like the people in the Bible here. And it said, a man whose name was Joseph uh, of the house of uh, David. Now, Joseph, uh, was of the royal line we see here. He was the descendant of King David. And though Joseph didn't wear a crown, he, uh, you know, he conduct him, conducted himself as honorable as any king in, in the Bible. He was a very noble, dignified, decent, Man, and you don't need a title to be great. All you need to do is care. And this was the the the, the life and the heart of the father of Jesus, Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now I'm. I keep interrupting so you can't really read through the whole thought, but uh, this angel was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph, and Joseph was of the house of David, and uh, he was betrothed to now uh, a virgin named Mary, or literally Miriam if it's in Hebrew. And having come in, the angel said to her, what? rejoice could it be that mary was having a tough day could it be that mary uh was going through a, a, you know a challenging moment in her life and the point i want to bring out is mary faced uh ordinary problems uh just like everyone else but from heaven's perspective every problem she faced was just one more step toward uh greatness now rejoice highly favored one the lord is with you and then it goes on blessed are you among women now the angel did not say blessed are you mary above women but among woman women so she was a woman like any other woman the only difference was she had tremendous favor from god and god's favor has a way of marking us god's favor has a way of singling us out. And likewise, you know, we are no different than anyone else. But for some reason, God has chosen you and I uh, to give us favor to, to bear Jesus to our hurting world. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. So she was a humble girl, and she thought, you know, how could someone as ordinary as I be, be considered highly favored? How could the Lord be with someone so 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 normal? How is it that I am especially uh, blessed? I, I, I've never been in the in crowd. The Bible doesn't say this, but she might have said, you know, I, I, I couldn't even make the cheerleading squad, but greatness is not measured by what people say about you, but about what God places in you. Then, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Everyone's trying to find favor with everybody else except the one that matters most. You have found favor with God. He was saying, Mary, don't worry, because when God selects you, it doesn't matter who rejects you, who objects to you, who has neglected you, others may have more talent, others may have more treasure, others may have more training, but 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 if you have God's favor, you already have more than enough. And this is what, what what the angel was revealing to Mary. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now at this time in history, it was the father that named the son. So the angel giving the name here signified that God would in fact be the father of the child. Why did God robe himself in humanity? Why did he go through this incarnation process? What was the point of it all? So, we would no longer have to guess about the nature, the character of God. We would no longer have to guess about God's kindness, about God's person. Uh, the book of John says that that Jesus was speaking to a crowd and he said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." The problem was God was invisible, and people had a lot of misconceptions, and they they saw some reflections in nature, re- reflections in, in the skies, and, and and all the rest. Some some reflection even in their own being in nature. But God wanted to make it very clear what he was like. So when you look at Jesus, you have literally seen the face of God. In verse two thirty-two, it says, he will be great. Not as men measure greatness. He didn't have an army. Uh, I don't know that he lived in a mansion. Um, he uh, never wrote a book. Actually, the books were written about him, but he didn't personally write a book. But he was great because the Bible says he came to serve. And he will be called son of the Highest. Now, this was just a little bit confusing to this young girl. Now, you know, she, she might have been, uh, you know, a, a teenager maybe between 14 and 16 years old. Um, and she might not have known everything, but you know, when you grow up around farm animals, you, you kind of, you, you can't help but learn a little something about the, the birds and, and the bees. So, uh, you know, she, she's, she, she's hearing that she's going to have this son and it'd be called the son of the highest. But she knew those something something about the birds and the bees. So uh, the next question she poses, very, very logical. It makes sense. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And this was a reasonable and logical question. Let you know that Mary was a thinking girl, a thinking Person And she was like, "I know what other girls may be doing, but uh i don 't dance at, at those parties and and despite you know what we see in movies and uh, on television and what you know folks uh, down the street and, and and across the halls from us may be doing the safest thing a person can wear during sex is a wedding ring and uh, Mary understood that, and her parents had had taught her that again." How can this be? Listen, I understand the birds and the bees. I understand where babies come from. How can this happen, Mr. Angel, since I do not know a man? Um, You know, young person, this this is important. The world may mock you uh, for your inexperience, but but, but, but God is smiling at you for your strength. Remember, Cinderella lost her slipper, not her values. You don't need to sleep with everybody to find your prince. And uh, Mary understood that. And the angel answered and said to her, uh, Mary, you don't even need a man for what I'm about to do. And, and single ladies, you don't necessarily need a man for God to do things in your life to make you whole. And he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Here's the answer. You're like, how is this going to happen? He said, the Holy Spirit. And the answer to a lot of issues in our lives, the answer to missing pieces in our lives, the answer to the riddles in our lives are often found in the person of the Holy So the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You see, God does not need anyone else's help if he already has your heart. And what he was saying, Mary, all is this between you and I. The Holy Spirit is going to do a work in you that uh, has never been done since the creation of the earth. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Now notice the Holy Spirit is likened to God's power. Um, it's, that's, that's almost always the truth in the Bible. Uh, the Holy Spirit is very much the power of God. So it says the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power, again, the Holy Spirit and power, uh, will overshadow uh, you. And this harkens back to the first chapter of Genesis, when the Holy Spirit uh was brooding over the waters like a dove before creation, and then God said, Light be, and it was. And likewise the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, and the word of God was about to be born uh, in her her womb. Therefore, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the son of God, not the son of Joseph. He's explaining it to her, but the son of God. The challenge for me was never could the almighty God uh, cause a virgin to give birth. The challenge to me was why would the greatest power in all of the universe ever want to become one of us? That was really the question. How could God so humble himself? How could God love us so much that he would care so much about our condition to be one of us? That was the big question. And still, I marvel at the answer to that question uh, in Scripture. Verse 36. Now, indeed, now this was an amazing promise. So what God did here, and this is God's pattern, this is what he does. He began to gently build Mary's faith. You know, faith doesn't always come as, as a lightning bolt. Often it's line upon line, precept upon precept. So uh, God comes with a message, but but he'll build your faith to, to believe that message. He said, now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative. So God intensely selected someone that was in uh, Mary's family, someone that uh, Mary knew all of her life. Again, Elizabeth, your relative. This is how we know John the Baptist and Jesus were related. And this is important. Mary was familiar with Elizabeth. You know, when things happen on television, I don't always know what's real, what's not real. But Mary knew Elizabeth. Mary saw the pain on her aunt's face when, uh, you know, other mom could send their children out to play. And and, and, uh, Elizabeth... Uh, couldn't have her own and, and uh, she couldn't talk her little girl, you know, th- through, through some of her first experiences in life. She didn't have a little boy uh, that she uh, was able to, to, to love raise and, and, you know, pray for them when, when pray for him when he got uh, sick or, or, or clean up his knee when, when he, when he scraped it. And he, here's what I want you to see though. Um, Mary could have questioned the miracle uh, or story of a miracle given by anyone else. But since she had known Elizabeth again all her life, there was no way that she would be able to doubt what God did with her. And God knows how to speak to each of us. And he knows how to make it really, really plain. And he knows how to get a point across. And he was about to say to Mary, saying, hey, listen, if I can do that with on, you know how old she is. You know that she's nearly 70 years old. You know she's past that time of life. But nonetheless, the promises of the Lord stand firm and sure. And she is about to have a baby. If I can do that with her, watch what I can do with you. It said, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her what? Old age. Again, Mary, you know the struggle of Elizabeth's life. But as impossible as her, an old woman having a baby, just like Abraham and Sarah, uh, God turned it around and she conceived. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. And, uh, the, you know, she was not just barren. She was called. This is important. The Bible says things for a reason. She was called barren. Meaning people treated her less than. Um, it was considered a curse if a woman didn't have a baby. Uh, a woman uh was considered not blessed if she could not have a baby at this time. In history, and she was like, "You you, you know what people said about her. You, you knew, you know what her life was like. You know how she even questioned her own uh, womanhood, and, and and you you know what that journey was like for, for 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 Elizabeth. But won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? And what he's saying is, just like Mary, I did that miracle for 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 Lizzie. I'm going to do this miracle in you. But what we learn from uh, Elizabeth and Mary here is, don't be. Ashamed of your story because God wants to use it to inspire those closest to you. I know everyone wants to write a book and everything, but uh, it's typically the people closest to you that believe you the most and that can be impacted the most by your story. Verse thirty-seven. And then the angel goes on. He said, Mary, I know your mind's going boom. I know you're like, how, you know, still, I know that, that's even amazing. She's pregnant. Okay. That, that news didn't get to our house yet. Okay. She's pregnant. Wow. Um, and now I'm going to have a baby by the Holy Spirit. Wow. But watch what Gabriel says. He begins to just feed her faith, feed her faith. And you got to get around, folks. You know, if you want to uh, bear the vision of God and give birth to God's purposes in your life, you got to get around some folks uh, that that will believe God with you. And the angel said this. He said, for with God, nothing, no thing will be in." Im- possible. And this is what I'm trying to tell you today. If God says it, that settles it. Mary didn't need a sign and a wonder like lightning to come from sky or a bush to burn. She just began to believe the word of the prophet. God did confirm the word with signs and wonders and her aunt Elizabeth was such a sign, but we're about to discover she simply believed the word. And this is important. God and his word are one. God would have to self-destruct even if the smallest part of the smallest promise was broken. Then Mary said, this this is what I've learned. This is really important. You can miss this. Then Mary said, she got this great news. She got this great promise. I mean, something amazing, absolutely amazing is going to happen. Amazing things are actually happening already in her family. Watch what Mary says. Mary says, behold the maid servant of the Lord. See, I've learned something. It's not just what God says, but what I say about what God says that makes all the difference. You see, God calls all of us more than conquerors. The only difference between me and some others is I believe it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And Mary said, he said, I heard that, but watch what she said. Behold the maid servant of the Lord. A maid servant doesn't argue with her master. The clay doesn't argue with the potter. Woe to him who, who quarrels or fights with his maker. Mary was crazy enough to say amen, and when God's word comes to you, you need to just simply say, so be it unto me according to thy word, amen. Behold, Lord, I am here to serve. Whatever you say, because you said it, Lord, I know it can be done. Then watch what she says. Let it be to me, God, I, God I, I'm, I'm not gonna miss my moment. This is what Mary was saying to, 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 to Gabriel. Lord, I, I'm showing up. You know, 75% of success is just showing up. You know, I, I didn't really know how to be a husband, but I showed up. I didn't really know how to raise two, two boys to be strong, to love the Lord, to be free and to be healthy. But I showed up. I didn't know how to start a church, but I showed up. Today, I don't know how to lead a 7000 member church, but I keep Showing up, and and I've learned that that as 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 I I show up, God shows up, and He honors that, and and He gets behind that, and and somehow when when I just show up and make myself available, God does what only God can do. You know, I've never been in 2021 before. I have no idea what 2021 holds, but what I know I'm going to do, I am going to show. Up And what you must do is keep showing up, particularly in the tough times, the, the rough times, keep showing up. And God will show you uh, how to get that thing done. She said, let it be to me. She said, Lord, I'm available. Lord, I'm showing up for my moment according to your
2: word. This has been Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. Access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join the Grace Church family for worship online every Sunday and Wednesday on social media at GraceChurchVA or on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, live big.
1: Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race when my children were small I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other number one Admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they cause. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. But each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the statement of change. Go to let's talklive.org. That's let's talklive.org, and we can make a difference
0: together